The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. All right, welcome back to another special edition of Punt and Pass. This is the Punt and Pass Pandemic Podcast. That's right, the Quarantine Chronicles, as I'm calling it. Be sure to follow along on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler on Twitter and Instagram, usually joined by Aaron Murray. We were just talking about him before the show got started here. Aaron is down in Tampa. Him and Sharon are relaxing, enjoying the better weather than we have here in Atlanta. But for this episode of the Quarantine Chronicles, I have a recurring guest, Clint Bowling. That's right. Eight-year NFL veteran, damn good dog, played at Georgia from 2007 to 2010 and was with the Cincinnati Bengals. He has recently retired. A lot of NFL news to break down. Obviously, the world has been put on hold, Clint, but um, the NFL still chugging along. How are you doing? I know you live right down the street from me. What's going on at the bowling household right now? Uh, it's been pretty slow. You know, you got, uh, you know, two kids you chasing around a one-year-old, a two-year-old, uh, you know, tight quarters in the house is, uh, it's tough every now and then, but, uh, we've been staying busy, loaded up on some food, picked up a, uh, a brisket today that I'll be uh, smoking later on this Sweet. week, uh, eat on that for a few days and then do a little brisket chili after the fact. So Got uh, got a couple things lined up to fire up the smoker. Now, I know since you stopped playing, you shed about 40 pounds or so. You like to keep it pretty tight during the week on the diet side. This quarantine, though, man, I, I mean, I tell you what, I stocked up as well. It seems like the junk food goes pretty quickly. Would you agree with that sentiment? Because I've just been finding myself snacking on cookies and really trash food at about 11 a.m. every morning. Yeah, you know, the, I thought the big thing when losing weight, just staying busy all day, being out and about, um, you know, whether you're hitting a golf course, working out, um, you know, going outside. But uh, once you get stuck in the house, you know, and you start getting bored and watching TV, you know, naturally the, the snacks start, uh, they start coming along. You mentioned golf. How's the golf game? I mean, I know the weather's been shit here in Atlanta, but uh, tell me, what's, what's, what's the handicap trending to right now? I think that handicap's been around an eight. Uh, started last summer when I retired, around eleven or twelve. Got okay. down to an eight, and it kind of fluctuates from around there. So, uh, you know, it's like any other golfer. You can shoot. Uh, I, I can shoot eighty-one, or I could shoot ninety-five. So it's uh, 
it's a, it's a frustrating game. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And especially with the, uh, the lockdown going on right now, can't sneak up to the range, get a quick little session in work on the short game. It's tough. We need to stick around that 81 number more than the 95 number. But yesterday morning, it was Monday morning, Clint, you and I keep in touch a good bit. You log on to the internet, you wake up, you start checking your emails, and before the market even opened, it was like doomsday. It seemed like the world was ending. Market opens, shuts down immediately, down 3,000 points on the day. People are quarantined left and right. But NFL free agency was set to start, and uh, our buddy over at Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, tweets out something that really just made me scratch my head, and I sent you a text he tweeted out yesterday morning that if the NFL were to continue with the start of the league year or the tampering period, that it would have been, quote, the worst decision the league has made since playing two days after JFK was assassinated, unquote. I mean, what a wild thing to tweet. Keep in mind that the NFL had said, look, we're going to go ahead and proceed with the tampering period and with the start of the league year with some revisions. No traveling. People aren't going to be in the office. But you can certainly negotiate with agents and players over the phone, over a Skype phone call like we're doing right now, over a Zoom video conference phone call. A lot of ways to do the business that you can accomplish right now without being face-to-face. What a wild thing for Florio to tweet. You've been through this process, Clint. You've signed multiple contracts. You were in the league for a long time. Did you agree with the Florio tweet? What are your sentiments on pro football talk in general? And are you happy that the NFL has at least given us something to talk about besides the coronavirus? Yeah, you know, I thought it was a nice little escape just to see some uh, some everyday news as opposed to the stock market down being down 13% or <laughs> the coronavirus cases. Um you know, there was um, talking about the quarantine. I mean, there, it, it was a good way to get some news in, to get some some kind of normal life situations where you can kind of follow along and and kind of take a step back and you know see what else is going on in the world on a positive note. But uh, I mean, there's been a lot that's happened to the NFL to compare it to the JFK assassination. I thought yeah. was a, a bit extreme. Uh, you know, pro football, the guys, you know, he, he definitely likes to get his own spin on things. And sometimes, you know, you could be wrong. And, you know, the guy doesn't like to admit that he's wrong sometimes. But, you know, for as far as a, a news source, it's not a bad, you know, you get some news quick every now and then on Twitter from him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, to compare it to saying it's the biggest mistake since the, the playing from the JFK assassination, I thought would be, would be a bit extreme. Yeah. And he responded to me cause I quote tweeted it and said, look, Florio tweeted this out at 9am. The NFL did carry on with business, not affecting anybody. I mean, if you're on hard times right now, because of what's happening in the market, totally understand. A lot of people are right beside you, but Florio then tweets out 40, 50 tweets that day, directing traffic right to his website because he's reporting on it. He was, up his business and running as usual that was kind of the whole point and and he really solidified my point which again was extremely interesting but to your point clint pro football talk is a great resource for anybody who likes to keep tabs on the nfl the business side of the nfl and he probably knows more than anybody and i can't fault him for it that he gets to put his own spin on whatever he wants to because he's got 1.5 million twitter followers and everybody knows that's the place to go to catch your free agency news. And free agency 
has started. Biggest news today, but let's back up to yesterday first. The biggest news yesterday that happened was a trade between the Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans. Houston trades DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth-round pick, I believe, Clint, to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson and a second-round pick. Now, keep in mind, and if you follow on social media, you are well aware because he was getting dragged on the Internet yesterday. Bill O'Brien, the head coach of the Houston Texans, is their acting general manager right now. Pretty interesting situation. The only team that I can think of off the top of my head that does it like that is, of course, the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick. Think about where the Texans were. They were up 24 nothing on the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, right? Wasn't it the AFC Championship or the Divisional Round? And then they just traded. Uh, it was round. a division round. And then they just traded away. Maybe their best weapon on offense outside of Deshaun Watson. That, of course, could be debated. And they're getting David Johnson. David obviously has dealt with some injury issues the past couple of seasons. But in 2015, 2016, hell, he was one of the better players in the NFL. Top fantasy pick if you're into that kind of thing. Thoughts on this trade? Was it highway robbery like some are suggesting with the Cardinals making out like bandits? Uh, I, I like to think so. I mean, I'm kind of of the opinion, you know, the, the running back situation is just so tough. I mean, there's so many good running backs and to one to pay for one and then to trade for one, uh, you know, Cardinals, obviously, you know, they, they pay David Johnson a big second contract and he starts getting banged up. I mean, those guys are take so many hits and just the, the level that they, they get tackled and, and are able to, you know, be durable throughout the course of the season. You know, it's, it's tough to pay those guys, you know, very few of them do get paid. And then when you do pay the guy, you know, he gets banged up and now you're regretting it. And you know, that I felt like Houston really kind of bailed him out because that was a great, thought it was a great move by Arizona. They did a good job. Uh, I thought they came out well. I mean, Deandre Hopkins is arguably a top three receiver in the league. Um, so, you know, I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a good move for the Cardinals. And I thought, uh, just seeing that, um, seeing that trade and the way that Arizona was kind of able to get out of that contract was, uh, obviously I thought they came out a winner in that situation. Yeah. They owe David Johnson $10.5 million guaranteed this next year. Seems like they moved the books on that one. I don't know if they're on the hook for half of that salary or what, but David Johnson heading to Houston and in Arizona. Now Kyler Murray's got to be happy. Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald and Deandre Hopkins. They tendered or tagged exclusive tagged transition tagged. Excuse me. Kenyon Drake, who had a great last eight weeks of the season for them last year. So Cardinals, Clint, I think I saw their total for next year at seven and a half at Circa. Uh, Maybe worth looking at, especially with the Rams and a little bit of rebuild mode out in the NFC West. Pretty interesting. Other news yesterday, the Vikings shipped uh, Stephon, excuse me, Stephon Diggs to Buffalo. One of the, the funny stats I saw on that, Josh Allen, his downfield passing percentage very bad. So he's going to have to touch that up. I don't know if that's a combination of the receivers not being very open, but he's going to have to tidy up his deep ball accuracy, especially with Devon Diggs there. Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina. That just happened. I think it was, what, three years, $60 million or something like that? Uh, great contract for him. NFC South, if Tom Brady, and we're going to get to Tom Brady in a second, if Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, think about the NFC South's quarterbacks. Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, could be Teddy Bridgewater and Tom Brady. Interesting times 
Um, tell me your thoughts on any of the other free agency moves that have caught your eye. I know the Browns have been active, and Robert Quinn just got picked up by the Bears. Yeah, I mean, when you see what the Bills gave up to trade for De- De- Stephon Diggs, if you're and you know that DeAndre Hopkins was available, I mean, you know, Hopkins is, is a, I mean, not to say Stephon's not an elite receiver, but I mean, Hopkins is as good as it gets yeah. in the league, and you know, to see what they traded for, and now obviously, I think DeAndre wants a new deal, and I think that. I don't know what Stefan Diggs' situation is like contract wise, but I mean, to see what they gave up to get him, I mean, it, it makes you question the, the Hopkins trade, but uh, yeah, you know, obviously uh, Bridgewater played well without, uh, without breeze in the lineup and he was playing for the saints last year. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how well he ends up performing there. But uh, like you said, there was a lot of moving parts there. Um, you know, Buffalo, I think, is going to be in the driver's seat and, in, in, in the, you know, for the um, AFC yeah. East. Um, so they'll, they'll have uh, high expectations. But, yeah, you know, the Bridgewater move in Carolina will be interesting. It's uh, quite the quarterback carousel this year, just with a you never really see this much turnover from the quarterback spot from a year to year. Yeah, it's crazy. And Carolina's probably got the biggest magnifying glass on them as far as moves have gone because they did sign Teddy Bridgewater. And then they announced on Instagram that they have granted permission for Cam Newton to seek a trade. Everybody's thought about this really since before the last season ended. New owner in David Tepper, new head coach in Matt Rule, new offensive coordinator from LSU, Joe Brady. Everybody's very familiar with him. Cam Newton comments on the Panthers' official Instagram page, Clint. I know you're not on Instagram, so i got to update you here. He said, this is not true. I want to be a Panther for life. I never asked for a trade. He kind of got his truth out there. So now he's sitting there going, I'm a free agent, but I never asked for a trade. Carousel is in full circle now because one huge name hit the market this morning, and that, of course, is Tom Brady. I thought Tom Brady was staying in New England. I mean, I really did not think when push came to shove that he was going to leave New England. He broke that in two Instagram posts this morning, one to kind of Patriots Nation, the other to everybody inside the building from Robert Kraft to Bill Belichick to all of his coaches and teammates. But here it is, 20 years later, Bowling, Tom Brady leaving. And Colin Cowherd tweeted, I don't know if he knows this for a fact or not, but he said, confirmed, Brady has made his decision. Cowherd said he just got a text. A lot of people are guessing since Cowherd said it, it could be the Los Angeles Chargers. One team that has also been reported to make an offer is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Bruce Arians is the head coach, and they have a ton of talent on the perimeter on offense. What's your thoughts here? Did you think Brady was going to leave as well? I always thought he would stay. Um, but, you know, shoot, it's like any other relationship. You know, sometimes things go sour. So, you know, they've had uh, – they, they've – you know, obviously, I think this past year probably might have rubbed him the long, wrong way with just the weapons and everything that they had um, on offense. You know, he, he was just kind of like a one-man job. You know, they they double Edelman, and after that, there wasn't much there for them to um, – for anybody to get open. So, you know, I, I remember seeing that San Fran was his first choice, and obviously with the Chargers moving to L.A., you know, you see – them probably wanting to make a big splash and that's as big as it gets with, uh, with Brady coming in. So, so naturally you, you see that kind of fit there and, 
you know, I think uh, the Chargers would be a good fit. You know, they, they got weapons. They got some good receivers. Uh, they just re-signed that uh, running back Eckler and a good defense too. You know, you got two premier edge rushers, uh, a top safety with uh, Derwin James. Yeah. So they, uh, they got some pieces that, that would be good. But um, so it'll be interesting to see where he winds up. I don't think anybody really knows. And until Brady says where he's going to go, I don't think anybody knows for sure what's going on. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm looking at the Chargers offensive coordinator right now. It's a guy named Shane Steichen. I don't know if you've ever crossed paths with him bowling, but um, looks like he used to be in Carolina, maybe under Norv Turner. So Norv Turner likes to air it out, get the ball downfield. So does Bruce Arians, though. And you know what? When I was in Arizona and B.A. was the head coach, our quarterback was a little bit on the older side as well. Carson Palmer, and he really had a resurgence. Now, Carson threw the deep ball just as good or better than anybody in the league. And again, we had great wide receivers. We have Michael Floyd, J.J. Nelson, and John Brown were great rookies, and of course, Larry Fitzgerald. And that's when David Johnson burst onto the scene, so you had a really legitimate threat out of the backfield. If I had to make a guess, I mean, I would think that Brady would go to Tampa Bay. I think that plays a lot more into his strengths. Would they go all the way out to the West Coast? You just said San Francisco was his first choice. I think from a head coaching perspective and really from a, I don't know, roster breakdown perspective, Tampa Bay could be a better situation. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, um, who's the running back? I don't even know who the running back is, but, you know, the NFC South compared to the AFC West when you have to go up against Patrick Mahomes twice a year and the Broncos and the Raiders in Las Vegas. It is extremely interesting what's going to happen. Do you think any other team could sweep in? I mean, the Bears need a quarterback. Um, the Colts need a quarterback. It's being reported that they're probably going to ink a deal with Phillip Rivers. This quarterback carousel, it's one like we haven't seen in forever. Any other team besides the Chargers or the Buccaneers where Brady could land? I, you know, there, I'm sure there's some little dark horse, but at the end of the day, you know, this, it sounds like this is kind of the direction it's going. And, and I, my, my guess would be Sandy or LA. And, um, but like we said, you know, there's going to be, there might be a silent, silent bidder that nobody knows about, but, but my guess is it's going to be between those two. Uh, but, but my assumption is going to be with the chargers. All right, so Tom Brady leaves New England. That obviously means that they'll probably bring in a quarterback. Your former teammate, I'm pretty sure y'all were drafted in the same draft class. Andy Dalton is not going to be back with Cincinnati. I mean, it seems like Bill Belichick could really take advantage of a guy with a ton of experience like Andy Dalton. How do you think he would feel if that happened and they throw him the keys and they say, hey, go ahead and fill Tom Brady's shoes, appreciate it? Yeah, that I mean that's going to be a tough spot for anybody that goes in there. It doesn't matter who you are or who's taken over, but to follow up a, a Tom Brady situation, um, you know that, that's going to be a big ask. But at the same time, uh, you know it's obviously would be a good situation. You have a fantastic defense. You got to think that they're going to make the make the appropriate changes um, offensively to uh, to add some weapons, um, especially at receiver and on the outside, but. Um, you know, you have a center that missed most of the season, David Andrews, um, you know, they just, so, so they got some, you know, hopefully they can add some pieces outside, but I mean, it's not going to be, it's not, they were, they went to the playoffs last year. They're still a good football team. The defense is, like I said, is just as good as it gets. So, 
Um, and, and, you know, you got one of the best coaches of all time. So anybody that goes into that situation is going to be, it's going to be tough on, but at the same time, it, the, the, between the coaching and, and the organization, they're kind of built to, to help you succeed. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see who ends up there. I think Andy would definitely be a possibility and, um, you know, I, I, I can't wait, you know, I think I'm going to be really curious to see where Andy ends up and how he plays next year. You know, I think he, uh, you know, would, would be a good fit there, but you never know. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I mean, just just to think of all the success that Brady had, six Super Bowl rings, all the playoff wins, the MVPs, the memories, really, in his last play ever was a losing wild card game in Foxborough, pick six against the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans killed the Patriots. I mean, that seems to be the general sentiment here. Um, crazy times, and obviously there's going to be tons more news breaking throughout the week. The league year does start tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, Clint. And keep in mind, these guys, I mean, a lot of them, the big money guys, aren't going to be allowed to ink contracts probably until they pass physicals, which means they'd have to be allowed into the facility. Um, I don't know if you have an inside tip on that, Clint, but it seems, I mean, I know one guy in particular who can't sign his contract yet because he can't travel to the facility, get checked out, and formally sign the deal. So I wonder how many will actually put pen to paper, whether they'll send it through a PDF online, but it seems like they're going to want to be doing a lot of due diligence when you're throwing out tens of millions of guaranteed dollars. Do you know anything about that? Well, obviously, you. My assumption would be is you, you have the opportunity to get out of the deal if you need to. Yeah. Just be, if somebody were to fail physical, I mean that that's a different situation. But as far as putting pen to paper, I mean you can email or fax. Yeah. I and mean, there's ways to to get things done and get things, you know, officially inked up. But I would assume assume that, you know, given the the situation, if somebody fails a physical, then you're able to. It, it, you'll be able to get out of that and rework that kind of deal. And that person will just go back to free agency and maybe another team ends up passing one on the physical, but um, you know, I, I was kind of with the, with, you know, the same, you know, there's no need to in person. You know, you can watch tape. You can ask yeah. you know other coaches about guys that, you know, the, the jury, you know, the, you can figure out whatever you need to figure out about any of these free agents, um, whether it's through watching film or through talking to other coaches. So, you know, that's just one of those things that one of they're going to have to figure out on their own. And, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit different, but that's just the the nature of the beast with what's going on uh, around the world right now. Speaking of nature of the beast, we're talking about the business side of the NFL. Let's discuss the new CBA. New CBA was ratified this past weekend. I think it was announced. Was it announced yesterday? I mean, whenever it was announced, whether it was yesterday morning or Sunday night, it feels like it was a year ago. But the new CBA was ratified. It passed by 60 votes. Uh, a lot of media picking up on the fact that 500 or so players in the NFL did not even vote yesterday or no on the new CBA and, and Clint just to let all of our listeners know you were a player rep for the Cincinnati Bengals for a number of years you're very knowledgeable on the collective bargaining agreement and how the union works with the league owners and the league as a whole but there is a new CBA and I think it's good for the league really the biggest talking points are that the NFL is expanding to a 17 game season um, they're not going to be testing players or not suspending players for failed marijuana tests anymore there's an extra wild card game being played, I guess, right? There's one more team in there, so there's one less buy in the playoffs. The one seed gets buys in both conferences. The two 
seed plays the newest uh, seven seed, the newest wild card team. Um, tons of new benefits for new players, existing players, and former players. A lot to break down. Did, what did you think of the media coverage, Clint? And then were you surprised that it passed, maybe by the thin margin that it did? Uh, I'm not surprised that it passed. You know, I my you know obviously you're uh, to give up a to to add another game. You know, that's that's a big big give up that you're going to get. But at the same time, you know the you, you got a lot of guys that are making a lot more money. And the reality is, is 60 percent of the league is if, that, if that's the right number, that's a guess is is on the league minimum. And uh, you know to to make that kind of move for that many people to make more money there's more benefits i mean that and then benefits affect everybody that's the way that everybody gets paid um so anytime you're able to add the benefits and everybody can get a little piece of that i think that's big um you know my only question would be whether or not you got enough of the revenue split just for adding the extra game you would have liked to have seen a little bit more but at the end of the day you know that's part of what it is it's negotiations you're not going to be able to get everything that you want every single time that's your, uh, you're going to the table. So, um, you know, I, I think it's good for good for obviously the league just to have labor peace. I was surprised with how close that the vote was. I thought there would have been a little bit more separation towards a yes vote, but um, I mean, that's just, you know, it, it, it's a tough situation, especially with everything going on. The reps uh, obviously decided to send it to the whole league and that's the best way to do it uh, is to let everybody get a vote. Um you know, the, the reality is, is guys complain and um, aren't happy with deals sometimes. But then when it comes time to to meet with the union and, and put pen to paper about what guys want for the next CBA, a lot of guys don't show up. Yeah. And it's tough to really get down to the, you know, well, what does everybody want when, you know, everybody just wants to complain about what they don't have. And then when it's time, like I said, when it's time to meet people don't ever do it and don't come to the meetings and don't take them seriously sometimes. So that's just the reality of it right now. You know, you have 500 guys that as that was the number you said that didn't vote. I mean, that that's discouraging. You wish that everybody would take a, take some seriousness in this situation and, and realize how it affects everybody and not just affects you, but affects the guys that are coming up through the ranks that'll be playing in the NFL for the next 10 years. Yeah, no uh, question. No question. I wanted to butt in uh, because, Pat, I want I want your thoughts on this. Pat McAfee, who everybody's probably following, I thought he had an interesting take on the guys that didn't vote. He kind of said, hey, look, before you blast them and say, I can't believe that they wouldn't even take the time to vote yes or no, he said, keep in mind a lot of players in the NFL are in it to get in a couple of years, make some dough, and leave. I know it's hard for the public to think about that. I'm not sure if I quite agree with it, but it did kind of bring some perspective. Some guys aren't necessarily that enamored with the business side. You get sent a 500-page document. They tell you to look through it. They tell you to make a decision for you, your peers, and those who are retired before you. Some guys just say, you know what? This isn't my cup of tea. I mean, I trust our league rep. I'll I'll sign off yes or no. if he tells me to, but if he doesn't, or if they say make your own decision, I'm not going to make that decision. As a former player rep, I could obviously probably guess how you would feel about that. I don't know if 500 people have that mindset, but surely there are some guys that say, you know what, I don't feel comfortable making that decision with the ramifications that it has. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily buy into that. I mean, it's pretty easy if you know if you're a young offensive lineman and you're in that situation to 
to drop a drop an older guy, drop a veteran a text, and be like, "Hey, what are your thoughts on this?" Yeah. Like, and you and you and then you can send them a text back and say, "Hey, this is this is what I think. I think it's good for the for the players. I, I don't think it's good for everybody, but it's good for the the minimum guys that are going to be making more money." But hey, vote however you want to vote. I think it's just 500 guys that just weren't interested. Um, yeah. That's that, and don't care. And you know that's disheartening. But it's pretty simple, especially these days, to drop a text, a, a social media, Instagram message, and just be like, "Hey, man, what, what do you think about this? What do we need? Where, what, how do I need to vote? I'm trying to figure out how I need to handle this situation." So. Uh, I think it's just guys not caring more than anything. Yeah, and the public has to keep in mind the union is huge. It, it's bigger than any other, other union in sports. 32 teams of 53 active players, 90 players during the offseason. It is a large union base, and the owners came to the table first. They wanted to renegotiate the CBA with the new TV deals coming down the line. And if this didn't get passed or if the players voted it down and said no, who the hell knows what could have happened next year? The owners, there's only 32 of them, and there are 32 shrewd, billionaire, brilliant businessmen. They know exactly what they want, and they know how— how to get it? I think the NFL Players Association made the right decision by ratifying the CBA moving forward, especially with the economical times that we're in, regardless of how fast they've come on. You never know what they could have said eight months from now. They could have said, look, guys, we're going 18 games, and that's non-negotiable. I mean, it's crazy how nuanced these negotiations are, but Clint, you said it best. It's give and take this is a business. There is a lot on the table, more than the public could probably digest on social media. And with that, we have one question from social media. Is one of our super fans, Clint. His name's Sam Blackman. He went to Chattahoochee High School. He's on the basketball team for the Cougars. He wants to know about the drug testing clause. He asks, was the marijuana drug test clause put in to counteract the anger of the players having to play an extra regular season game? It seems like Sam is very interested in the marijuana drug rules in the NFL. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, he must be real dialed in on the, uh, on the marijuana scene, but, um, uh, but you know, the thing is, is obviously they're still tested from it. It sounds like it's reduced down to a two week window, um, where, you know, the reality is, is, you know, you, you stop smoking pot for, three weeks before this window, you get tested and you can go back to smoking pot again. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's just, you know, it, everybody should be able to do that. And as a union, that's not ever something, you know, that, that doesn't, not everybody in the league smokes pot. So, you know, that's just one of those things where I think over time and maybe even in the next CBA, it's just going to be gone where you, nobody ever even gets tested. Um, but you know, that's not something as a union, you're really going to try and fight for where you're, you know, you're giving up maybe so share of a revenue or you're giving up some kind of restriction you're trying to get rid of to smoke pot because not, a, it doesn't affect everybody. Um, it's not the best thing for everybody. So with the way that it is now, it's about as lax as it gets and you can, uh, you can work your way around the, the new system. So at the same time, I did see that it's, uh, guys will not be getting, suspended and um, only fine. So it's only a monetary loss now if you do fail a couple tests. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, your insight has been fantastic, Clint. We obviously appreciate your time here during the pandemic, during our quarantine time. These are, of course, the Quarantine Chronicles 
on punt and pass before I let you go. Um, how are you going to do the brisket this weekend? First question, um, how are you going to do the brisket this weekend? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be doing it on Thursday. I'm going to, uh, haven't decided I got a, a Traeger and a green egg. I haven't decided what I'm going to do it on, okay. but, uh, I think I'm going to, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Just stay a little salt and pepper mixture and just kind of low and slow, um, until, until it hits about 200 degrees. I haven't decided if I'm going to wrap it yet. Just kind of wait and see how it goes along in the cook. Um, whether it, uh, whether I feel like it needs it, but, uh, plan is uh probably cook it around 225 for a few hours i might put it on late thursday night just depends okay. on how tired i am or I would... late wednesday night just depends on how tired i am um maybe have a couple glasses of wine to help stay keep me up that late to uh to put it on but uh yeah plan on eating on that for a few days and then kind of transfer that over into um to a chili for a few days and then freeze the leftovers after that just for uh down the road whenever we want to eat on it again absolutely what kind of wine will you be sipping on um you know pinot cab whatever uh whatever i feel like i guess that night we we that is one thing i should not run out of during the quarantine <laughs> time is definitely some wine I, I i got some wine stocked up in the house so that shouldn't be an issue you seem like a very interesting guy you're into wine you like to barbecue you're very knowledgeable about football you're inactive on social media is there any way that we could get uh you out of that inactive state maybe start tweeting at c bowling 60 or maybe get you an instagram is that possible no that won't be happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm content living my life the way that I'm living it. And, uh, I'm good not tweeting. I think the last tweet I had was, uh, something about my daughter Avery yeah. being born and she just turned one. So that, uh, I don't know if I'm going to ever tweet again. Absolutely. I don't think I'm in that spot. I'm looking at it right now. Clint Bowling retweeted his wife on January 24th, 2019 about the birth of their beautiful second daughter, Avery Lynn bowling awesome stuff clint appreciate you man if you need help drinking some of that wine just let me know i'll come pick up a few bottles to get them off your hand Uh, but i'm sure this podcast will be very well received if you do want to follow clint on his inactive twitter at cbowling60 i'm at drew butler and we of course are at punt and pass rate review and subscribe and check back with us tomorrow i think i got another pretty solid guest lined up thanks for listening see you